and welcome to Worship Matters, a podcast from Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church, located in Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. This podcast deals with the intricacies of planning worship each week. I'm Cynthia Wilson, the Worship Executive and Director of Liturgical Resources. And I'm Diana Sanchez-Bouchon, the Director of Music Ministries. And together we will discuss how to plan worship using the Common Lectionary while creating worship series that are engaging and relevant and adaptable for your particular church setting. However, during these unprecedented days of physical distancing and leading online worship, we, we have endeavored to provide conversations that share the challenges of producing online worship and finding new and innovative, creative ways to help those worshiping with us to stay engaged and to feel connected even from a distance. Today, however, we've got a very special program for you, a special guest. We're featuring Reverend Natalie Nelson Parker, who is the program coordinator for the National Network of Young Adults. And this uh, network is actually uh, born under and serving and blossoming under the aegis of strengthening the Black church for the 21st century. Reverend Nelson Parker is a nationally renowned speaker and educator who inspires young leaders and organizations to lead and innovate and transform. She's a former English educator, a renowned speaker and author, and she is on a mission as the nation's leadership strategist, she's aiming to put an end to the academic failure epidemic, rising student retention rates and trillion dollars student loans debt crisis sweeping across this America's schools and colleges. So Reverend Nathalie has uh, done a career which includes developing new national initiatives for the United Methodist Church. She's raising multiple six figures in grants and scholarships, and as well as improving student performance in both public and private school sectors in the states of New York and Georgia. Welcome, Nathalie. It's good to have you here today. And I, my first question to you is, when do you ever get to sleep? <laughs> Goodness, that, that is an impressive resume. And I understand you have children as well. So just tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, what got you here and, um, and this work that you're doing right now? Well, first of all, thank you so much, Diana and Dr. Wilson, for this invitation. I'm so excited to be with you. You guys are amazing. And I don't remember. I think when you have toddlers, you just, you know, you get used to being tired. <laughs> but I have to say... Um, there has been some grace in this pandemic, um, and I know it's a difficult time for all of us, for those who are, have uh, difficulties with employment and the financial crisis, but sometimes God gives us grace in that. This has been the first time since uh, our son is three 
Um, my husband and I have been married for five years, and this is the first time we've been able to spend this amount of uninterrupted time together. And so uh, once very hectic travel schedule had me out of my home at least twice a month, um, sometimes as much as 14 days away. Um, so it's been great to be home and, and, and be with my family. So I am grateful for that. That's awesome. And as if on cue, we can hear your child <laughs> in the background. I just love it. I think that's great. And, it, and it's always such a hopeful sound when you hear children. Yeah. I love that. So tell us a little bit more about um, what you do and your official title at SBC 21. Yeah, so my official title at uh, SBC 21, which is Strengthening the Black Church for the 21st Century, is the program coordinator for the National Network of Young Adults. And that's the official title. The unofficial title is that I am the co-curator um, because the network centers the voices of African-American and ethnic young adults ages 18 to 35. My role is more so walking alongside of them as they vision um, as they lead and really tell us what their needs, desires, and hopes are um, as they answer uh, and hear and discern God's call in their life. And so as much as I have the title of program coordinator, there are 300 young adults across the country who are my boss wow. <laughs> and who inform the work that we do as we continue to lead, innovate, and create transformational experiences and mentorships, um, as well as events um, for them to get connected uh, to their purpose, as well as to the United Methodist Church. And how long have you been doing this work? It feels like forever, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but believe it or not, uh, I started this work when I was pregnant uh, with my son. So in many ways, it feels like uh, my life and my work have just been integrated in such a holistic um, holistic way. Uh, and so this work is only four, three years old. So we're a toddler stage. Uh, it's been exciting to see young adults who started when they were in sophomore year in undergrad, and now they're getting ready to graduate, uh, or they're entering seminary, or they're pastoring churches or starting new businesses and initiatives. And so in just a short amount of time, we've been able to see this exponential growth, um, not just in the lives of our young adults, but in the impact that it's making in our church locally, regionally, and connectionally. And so we're so grateful uh, for all of the mentors that are part of this network, as well as the transformational leaders uh, that are doing the work every day to uh, imagine and create a better church. And we're so grateful for your leadership in this endeavor. It's one of the voids that has certainly been uh, conspicuous in the connection. So we thank God for your enthusiasm and for uh, your willingness to to stand uh, alongside these amazing young people. National Network of Young Adults. That's a very impressive title. <laughs> you didn't what? think it was too literal? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to hear a little more about this network. Um, obviously, you stretch across the continental US, I'm assuming. We do, we do. 
Um, so to really frame the conversation, I have to be transparent for a okay. moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I am originally from New York. I'm the child of immigrants, uh, far Rockaway, New York. So inner city, urban oh my area. Oh Rockaway. <laughs> <laughs> and it is away, away. <laughs> and, you know, growing up, for me, it was the local church as well as community-based initiatives that filled a lot of the gaps in my life. You know, child of immigrants, um, my mom and my dad separated when I was younger, so my mom was a single mom. Mm-hmm. And those experiences really shaped me in a transformational and holistic way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the church, spiritually, these community initiatives gave me a sensitivity to um culturally appropriate programming, culturally agile coaching. Um, And so as I matriculated through life, a lot of the opportunities that were presented to me were from these types of initiatives. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when I finally made it, or as I thought I made it, uh, I graduated from Columbia University as a young educator, got my first car, BMWs, making six figures. And here the Lord calls me to ministry. Well, let me say that it was, it was a call. It was a whisper at first, then it was a call and then it was a push. <laughs> um, I would wake up in, in the morning and although I love teaching and I love children, I just felt like there was more uh, that God was calling me to do. And I didn't know what that meant. Um, and so I, I took a leap of faith to my mother's chagrin and um, I answered my call to ministry. I went to Gammon Theological Seminary, and that's where I was recruited into the United Methodist Church, the School of the Prophets. And, you know, I went to predominantly uh, Caucasian, uh, predominantly white institutions, Adelphi University, Columbia University, and this was my first time walking on an HBCU campus, and I was like, where has this been my whole life? (laughs) It felt like home, and um, my mentor still to this day, who is the president Dean, Dr. Reverend uh, Albert Mosley just said, listen, don't go to Emory because I did get into Emory. He's like, you need to come here. You need this experience. Mm -hmm. And it was that relationship with him that filled a fundamental gap in my life of understanding not just my call and my purpose as vocation, but as a holistic, as a woman, as a preacher, um, and, and I wanted to provide that. I wanted to provide that level of direction, um, that level of accountability, uh, that level of transformational leadership for young adults. And so uh, when seminary was over and I thought I was going to go to the local church, because that's what we do. <laughs> and I met Reverend Dr. Fred Allen. Um, he saw the work that I was doing at Gammon and some of the ministries that I was able to start with some wonderful Uh, local churches. Um, And he took a bet on this crazy girl from seminary and provided an internship. And little did I know that God was exposing me to the various ways we can answer our call, particularly in this wonderful church that we call the United Methodist Church. Um, And he gave me an opportunity to be for young adults ages 18 to 35, what Mm -hmm. I needed and what other um, mentors and leaders were for me. 
And from there, just went from 50, we had our largest gathering, which is the Leading and Transformation Conference. Uh, that first year it was 50, then the next year it was 100. And then last year it was 409. It was just like, whoa, <laughs> uh, we're seeing how this particular type of leadership development and mentoring is making a difference in the lives of young adults. Um, and to that, we give God glory. Oh, that is so exciting. Um, it, it sounds like you have uh, answered a, a yes call to paying it forward. Somebody, somebody opened the door and gave you space to find your voice. And now it sounds like you're doing the same for other young people coming. Oh, definitely. And I think that's what Jesus shows us, right? So after that uh, experience in the wilderness and he makes it into town and he sees uh, what other people would see as common folk or ordinary people, fishermen, tax collectors, he looks at them and he sees their purpose and their potential. And he walks, he does life with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what we're committed to do. It's, it's not just an event. It's not just um, a network. They're not just numbers. These are young adults who are called by God to make a difference in the world. And, and we're so grateful for all of the mentors who are part of the network, um, who, like Jesus, are walking alongside of them. And doing life. I'm going to footnote you, but I definitely will will quote you. (laughs) I love that phrase, doing life. So I've heard about the Lit Conference. Can you describe for us what happens there? What was the, the, was there one this year or is it, is it biannually? So the Leading and Transformation Conference is a yearly conference. Uh, Throughout the year, though, there are mentorship opportunities There are smaller regional events. There are training um, and and development that happens. And we also have our online platforms and digital platforms. But the Leading and Transformation Conference is the real deal, two days, extensive (laughs) and (laughs) high-paced leadership development. Um, And I think what's unique about the Leading and Transformation Conference is that we understand that God is calling all of us to serve Um, individually and collectively, that we all have gifts and graces and talents. Um, And so we identify that those gifts can be uh, on different tracks. Some of us are called to the ministry, to the pulpit. Uh, Some of us are called to academia, uh, uh, to, you know, uh, writing and and teaching. Uh, Some of us are called to be entrepreneurial, whether that's church planting or uh, starting new initiatives. Um, and so what's great about the Leading in Transformation Conference uh, that sets it apart, I think, from others is that we understand the variety of ways that God is calling. Um, but we also believe that as God is calling you, uh, God is calling you to, uh, one, be transformed from within and to transform the world. And so it's a, a, a kind of a Sankofa calling, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> that we are all called to make a difference. And so uh, there's a social justice uh, responsibility of uh, not, as I would say, as Wesley says, not just personal holiness, but social holiness. So how are you responding to that call and making a difference to be the transformation that the world um, wants to see? 
And so we do that through a framework of leadership, which is transformational leadership. Um, so it's a flat leadership style. There's no hierarchical structure. Um, we're not uh, top heavy. We are organic in our approach that we center the voices of those um, who we are providing um, leadership development for, and we walk alongside of them. And I think the other thing uh, that is also unique about the Leading and Transformation Conference is that we are uh, truly um, not only representative of young adults, but a diversity of young adults. So whether mm -hmm. they're in undergrad, whether they're in seminary, whether they're young professionals, this is a place where they can get together uh, to be seen, to be heard, to be affirmed, and then to set, be sent out to make a difference in the world. Oh man, at the risk of, of sounding, um, I don't know, like, an old lady that I am. I am just so excited for these lives that are coming behind. And I'm excited for the life of the church. There's hope. There is hope. And as I listen to you speak about the work that is being done in this ministry, I'm exhaling. I truly am. And thanking God profusely. Uh, last week, I had a wonderful conversation with Dr. Sophia Fasua. And um, I understand that you've been doing some work with her as well, of a project, a resource that's um, being reborn, I'll say, the Africana worship resource that was uh, initially begun with the voices of millennials. And so um, you want to say a word about that? I can't just say one word because I am so excited. <laughs> I am so excited about the Africana worship resource because there's so much synergy, there's so much alignment, there's so in so much integration between uh, that project and the national network yes. um, of young adults. Yeah, so I'm so excited about the Africana worship resource. There is so much synergy, so much alignment. Um, so much correlation between what we are doing with the National Network of Young Adults and uh, with uh, the Africana Worship Resource. And I think what I am most amazed about is the timing. Okay. Um, I think that this is an appropriate time, mm. uh, particularly with what is happening, not just amidst the global pandemic, but the greater conversation around equity, um, around social justice in our society and to equip churches, congregations on a local, regional, and national level with a resource that really lifts up the voices of um, the historically marginalized, mm -hmm. I think is a tool for transformation. Mm -hmm. um, and that, I think, is what worship is about. Mm -hmm. uh, worship exalts and brings up not just the name of Jesus and not just God, but collectively it brings us together with one voice as a community. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm so excited uh, that we have young adults, millennials yes. uh, from all across the country and forget about it. Reverend Dr. Uh, Fasua is amazing yes. um, in the way that she leads us and the way that she curates um, the conversations and the resources and how she's pulling out uh, these voices and this prophetic voice um, in young adults is it's amazing to be a part of it's amazing to watch I'm you know most of the time I'm just on the the calls with my mouth like this 
Well, um, that is so exciting. And, and I also, I, uh, I echo what you're saying about this resource. I'm so excited for the church and the fact that you, you are partnering with uh, Dr. Kasua on this. I think it's just going to be amazing. So that leads me to, to ask the question, what, what else are you dreaming about and envisioning as you think about the future of this ministry that you're a part of? Yeah, I think, <clears throat> I think for, for me, the United Methodist Church, at, that at a particular critical part of my life, I was in my mid-20s, um, provided language, theological language that I knew I needed, but didn't know where to find it. And so it filled a gap in my life. And, you know, I grew up uh, Pentecostal. And so I always had questions in Sunday school. There are things theologically that I didn't believe, like, why do we have to wear something on our head? And why aren't the women... Preach. You were incorrigible. Okay, we get it. We get it. Go on. <laughs> I guess I still am. <laughs> uh, but the United Methodist Church gave me a language of grace and the Wesleyan quadrilateral and, um, you know, all of this that helped me to really find who I was and who God was calling me to be and to do in the world. And so I am envisioning our church as we have these critical conversations around inclusivity, around a church that is for everyone, a church that is interracial, intergenerational, intersectional, all of these things that we will understand what it means to be God's beloved community without division, without prejudice. Um, And I really have hope even as we are intention and intentional right now at this time that that is where God is leading us and through initiatives like the National Network of Young Adults and other great initiatives of the United Methodist Church um, I believe that day is coming sooner uh, than later and I'm, I'm excited to be at this particular seat while others see the church dying and declining I'm able to see that the number of young adults under the age of 40 who are African-American is tripling. (laughs) I'm able to see people saying yes to God and pastoring rural churches uh, to say yes to God and start T-shirt lines and um, all of these wonderful things that are speaking peace and hope into the world. Amen. Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned early on about um, how this pandemic has given us some gifts, even in the midst of so, so many hardships that it's caused for us in our own personal lives and certainly as a nation mm-hmm. and as a society. Um, and I think about um, how the young people have really come to the forefront, as you were saying, um, helping us figure out how to do things online, helping us be the the person that holds the cameras so that we can record things in the churches or in our own homes and all that. I think we really have relied on them a lot in, um, in the local church as well as across the nation nationally. But um, I, I think about the happenings of this, this past week, week and a half in our church and in our nation and how churches are responding. And I wonder what your thoughts are on this, how the how you see the intersection of the, the emphases of the SBC 21 
meeting the needs that we and the outcry that we are feeling and um, dealing with at this point. Yeah, I think I think the greatest um, and boldest move that the leadership of strengthening the Black Church for the 21st century has done first under the leadership of Dr. Fred Allen, our executive director who has recently retired and our interim and incoming director, Dr. Michael Bowie, is that they have not been afraid to say that the national network of young adults and young adults are our priority focus. That they understand that leadership is not something that young adults should just inspire towards, but that they're doing right now. And I think we see that in um, the protests, in um, the social media campaigns, in the ways that this generation is not afraid uh, to talk up about the evils of racism and injustice um, and call it what it is and demand better from us. Um, and I think that translates also to our, our local churches and our church as a whole. Um, so I think that's that's one in intersection. I think the second is providing resources that are are done in a transformational way. So to be uh, totally trans transparent in, in regards to the framework we use, we decenter whiteness because we understand that uh, when you center whiteness, whether consciously or unconsciously, there are some biases uh, that are going to be there. And so we decenter whiteness, not because we're only focused on African-American and ethnic young adults, because we are an interracial uh, gathering um, with predominantly white institutions a part of the network, but because we understand that we have to cultivate a new way of living. Uh, we have to cultivate a new way of being with each other in the world that better reflects the beloved community that God has called for us. Um, and so I think that is uh, a, something that's going to be essential as we move forward is that we have to denounce the evils and, and, and injustices that have caused division historically, socially, culturally, uh, whatever, uh, and be very intentional about creating new ways to be with one another. And I believe strengthening the Black church for the 21st century um, is very intentional and intention um, as we provide those opportunities through our programming, like the National Network of Young Adults, like uh, the uh, Mass Incarceration Summit, where we're providing resources uh, for churches to know how to deal with uh, those who have been affected by mass incarceration and all of the subsequent uh, isms and schisms around that. Uh, so I think that is, is, is something that all of us need to do, uh, not just SBC 21, not just communities of colors, but all of us are called to do this work together. Amen. Uh, amen. You can be assured that those listening in today are leaning forward. And I know for sure that they're going to want to hear more about you and the ministry that you have been called to and those to whom you are ministering and with whom you're ministering. So why don't you tell our audience how uh, they can reach out to you post this podcast? 
Oh, awesome. Uh, well, first, you can uh, definitely get connected with uh, National Network of Young Adults and Strengthening the Black Church for the 21st Century at sbc21.org. Uh, I am on all social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, <laughs> at uh, Nathalie Nelson Parker at Nathalie Nelson Parker on all social media platforms. And um, if you want to see uh, more about me personally and meet uh, the three year olds that's making all the noise in the background, you can go to my website at <laughs> NathalieNelsonParker.com. Wonderful. And you are also a clergy couple, are you not? I am. I have an amazing husband. I'm so glad that. How after, amazing is he? <laughs> I'm just glad that through this pandemic, we actually still like each other. My husband, <laughs> uh, Reverend Leon Parker of the Christian Methodist Episcopal Church. He serves the St. Luke CME Church uh, in Nashville. And uh, we met in seminary. So that was like also maybe the push why God was like, leave New York, go to seminary. Uh, <laughs> The joke is that I went to get my MDiv and he went to get his MRS. <laughs> oh, I like that. The tables are turned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will tell you, um, I'll use in quotes, Esther, maybe for such a time as this, you have been called into the kingdom. And we are so thankful that you have said yes to God. We are praying God's choices, blessings upon you uh, as you continue to vision and envision and revision uh, and lead with a holy boldness. I sense, uh, as the young people would say, that you ain't scared. We ain't uh, never and, scared. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just what we need for this time. Thank you so much for coming to talk with us. And we look forward to hearing more about the network, hearing more about the Africana Worship Project, hearing more about the ways in which this particular movement, and I sense that is, it is just that, uh, will impact the church uh, for the 21st century. We want to say to those of you listening that we appreciate you so much joining us today. And we know that you've been blessed by this conversation Remember that you can find more information at our website, umcdiscipleship.org. Again, it's umcdiscipleship.org. And until next time, know that we will be praying with and for you and your congregation. We pray that God will continue to bless your worship ministry as you make disciples for the transformation of this world. This podcast has been a production of Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church. Visit all our podcasts at podcasts.umcdiscipleship.org.